Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. once again to all the members of our spiritual family wherever you are and um, thank you for joining us as we take this time to focus and place our attention on God and on his life-giving word. We are going to pick up today where we left off last Sunday and continue along the same theme but at the same time, I want to go a little bit deeper into the workings of the Spirit. The title of my message tonight is Transformed by His Spirit. Transformed by His Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, the word says, But we all with unveiled face beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And if you recall, if you've been with us last Sunday, the thrust of my message was centered around the Spirit's call to go deeper and further into the heart of God and into realms of the Spirit which we have not been before. I'm talking about realms of revelation knowledge, realms of spiritual understanding and wisdom of God, so that we might be fortified and strengthened by the knowledge that we receive as we move closer and closer to the heart of God. I believe God wants to make us so sensitive in the spirit that we would pick up things even before they happen. We can even pick up the strategies or the plans and the devices of the enemy that is plotting against us and we can nullify them and, and destroy them through our prayer before they even happen. I believe God can make us so sensitive in the Spirit. Because Jesus said when the Spirit comes, not only He will teach and guide you into all truth, but He will also show you things to come so that you may be aware, you may be prepared, and you may know uh, the path that God is leading you into. Just this morning, as I was praying in the spirit, which I usually do nowadays, and I've related to you last Sunday, that for several weeks now, the Holy Spirit awakens me in the early hours of the morning, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and, and giving me the desire to pray as I've never prayed before. Because I sense an urgency in my spirit that, that, that the times that we are living in are very critical. I sense in my spirit that we are headed into some turbulent uh, water, so to speak. And God wants not only to awaken my spirit 
and sensitize my, my mind, but also bring by my prayers and intercession into, an, in, into the rest of our spiritual family, a spiritual awakening that will, that will somehow strengthen us in the power of the Spirit. And so I pray and I intercede. And this morning, after a season of prayer, I heard the Spirit of God say to me, I want to take you so far and so deep into my presence where you become impregnable, unconquerable, and irresistible. You know, impregnable, I, I thought I knew, I understood what it meant, but I looked up the dictionary to find the, the definition or the meaning of that word. And I looked at it up, and this is what I found. It means to be strong enough to resist or withstand any attack. And it also means not to be overcome or overthrown. That's where God wants to take us, to wrap us up into his presence where we are clothed with the glory of God that we become unconquerable and then he said irresistible irresistible to the world in other words we become so attractive to the world like a city that is set on a hill that attracts people to us because Jesus said you are the light of the world and um and the Lord went uh, further and he said, even so, even so, this is my desire to take you so deep into my presence. Many, he said, in my house, referring in the body of Christ, in the entire church, are unwilling to go further with me. They are unwilling to follow me into the deep so to speak and then he said because they are satisfied to remain where they are and then he said being where you are in the shallow ends of my grace you are no longer under the realm of my protection and uh, only those he said who dwell in the secret place of the most high according to psalm 91 will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then the Spirit of God went on to say, the days are coming and even now are upon us when that which you have in the Spirit, that which you have learned of me, that which you know of me will not be enough to sustain you or to withstand the terrible times or the things that are coming upon the face of the earth. And then he gave me a personal calling and he said, sound the alarm, blow the trumpet, and give my people ample warning. Out of the blue, I received a letter or an email uh, a few days ago from, from a partner of ours in the ministry. And with this person I walked with many years when I was going to Greece and ministered there for 10 years. And uh, they were very close, both her and her husband, uh, assisting me in the ministry. 
out of the blue, she sends me an email saying that the Lord has spoken to her to email me and to tell me, tell Andrea that I have called him to shift the posture of the church, to turn the hearts towards me. And that was a confirmation to me uh, because this is what the Spirit of God is speaking to me uh, in the last few weeks. And last Sunday, I spoke about the urgency of the times we are living in, as well as the appropriate response to such times. I shared my concern about the church, if you recall, not being ready or prepared for what is coming. Jesus is coming soon. But before that, we're going to enter into some turbulent times. And how this concern awakens me all hours of the night as I shared with you to pray in the Spirit as the Holy Spirit gives me utterance to pray the will of God, not just for me, but for all the saints. And the more I pray, I find that the more I want to pray. You know, God has given us an addictive nature, and I believe we can become so addictive to the Word of God, to the things of the Spirit, that nothing else would satisfy us. And uh, that's why you see uh, so many are addicted to the substitutes that this world offers, to drugs, to alcohol, to um, illicit sex, and so on and so forth. Because deep down in our nature, we are addictive creatures. And God wants us to be addictive to Him, to His Word, to the things of the Spirit. And I discovered that the more I pray in the Spirit, the more I want to pray. And I challenge you, as you begin to pray or as you study the Word, the more you want to study the Word. Because it, we can become addictive to the things of the Spirit. And the word of the Lord a few days ago came to me saying, here, I want you to hear this very, uh, very clearly. He said, son, no man is greater than his prayer life. That was a powerful statement from the Spirit of God. So I stopped to, to meditate, to think about what does the Lord mean? No man is greater than his prayer life. Then I understood by the Spirit that our greatness and our effectiveness in the kingdom of God is determined by our prayer life. Your effectiveness in the kingdom of God is determined by how much you pray and what kind of prayers you pray. And then the Lord went on to say, that we are also known in heaven by our prayers. Wow. And then he said, you are also known in hell by the kind of prayers that you pray. You know, the devil and his bunch recognize and fear the men and women who pray and with their persistent and faith-filled prayers, shake the very foundation of the kingdom of darkness. I believe that as God takes hold of a person, 
And that person gives himself unreservedly to the Lord to pray and to be led by the Spirit. He becomes a terrible instrument and a fearful instrument in the hands of God where the devil and his kingdom is concerned. You can be that kind of a person if you are willing to follow the Spirit step by step as he leads and guides you deeper and deeper into his grace and into his presence. Prayer, I believe, it's my personal conviction, that is the foundation of every successful Christian endeavor. 20% prayer, 20% results. 50% prayer, 50% results. 100% prayer, we will have 100% results. And when you stop and think about prayerlessness, you will discover and you will understand that prayerlessness is nothing else than a byproduct of pride. And our pride speaks loud and clear. And what does it say? If we're not in prayer, if we not, if we have not established a prayer life, what we are saying, God, we don't need you. We can do this on our own. We don't need your help. Why would I call upon you if I can do this in my own ability or strength? But prayerfulness is also a byproduct of humility. And it also speaks loud and clear saying, God, I need you. I cannot do one single thing without you that has any significance or meaning in the eyes of the kingdom of God. I depend on you and I choose not to know anything except what you reveal to me. That's humility. And that humility drives us and inspires us to pray without ceasing. Wherever you are, in your place of work, while you're driving, with your family, you have one eye on the Lord, looking, depending, praying. That's why Paul says pray without ceasing, talking to the Lord all the time, because he lives within us by the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's the kind of dependence that God is looking from every single one of us. And the more we depend on him, the more he reveals himself. And the more we depend on him, the greater the works he will do through us. If, here is a question. If our prayerlessness has brought us to a place of spiritual barrenness and complacency, what will it take to bring us out of it? What is it going to take to ignite a fire in our bosom that is burning so bright that we cannot rest until we see the influence of the kingdom of God in our sphere of influence is established in our neighborhood, in our places of work, with our colleagues? And here is the answer. Only the breath of God can take us out of this state of complacency, not our own efforts. 
no matter how much willpower you have, it's not going to work because the scripture says it is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's by the spirit of God, by the breath of God. That alone will take us out of a state of barrenness and complacency. And if we are willing to humble ourselves before God, acknowledge our pride and our independence and turn from it, the word of God says he will give us mercy. Look at this verse of scripture with me, please. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 13 from the New King James Version. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. If we are willing to give him the time, the time that the Holy Spirit requires, lay down the distractions that have kept us away from our prayer closets, I believe he would breathe his life into the deepest parts of our being and raise us up from our spiritual slumber. If we are willing to lay down the distractions, so many distractions that keep us away from our prayer closets, I believe the Spirit would breathe the very life of God into our deepest parts and raise us up from our spiritual slumber. Some of us, I know we are praying, but I hear the Spirit saying that the urgency of the times we are living in requires much more prayer and consecration to the Lord. And I believe that when we make a quality decision to stop grieving the Holy Spirit who lives within us by giving him his rightful, his honorable place within our life, then only he will woo us and draw us deeper and deeper into the heart of God. And I believe the Holy Spirit can make us so addicted to the things of God when nothing else would satisfy our soul. Nothing. This fervent desire, this passion for God that the Spirit ignites within us becomes the catalyst of detaching our affections from the things of this world. The other day I was praying in the Spirit and all of a sudden I started making moves with my hand like I was pulling something out, like I was detaching myself from something. And the revelation came. I was praying that the Spirit of God may detach me from the attraction of the things of this world. The church has become, my brother, my sister, so worldly, we can hardly tell the difference anymore. Who belongs to God and, and or the world? It's so gray. And I pray that the fire of God will be so ignited in us that we will be pulled away or detached. We will walk into the sinful and darkened world 
without being attracted to the things of this world. John says, my brother, my sister, do not love the world or the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are not of the Father. They are of the enemy. And we cannot love the world and love God at the same time. Amen. May the Lord detach us and, and, and pull us that we no longer be so attracted to the glitter and to the substitutes that this world offers us. David became so addicted to God that he cried out in the book of Psalms saying, Psalm 63 verse 1, O God, he said, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Here is a man who is addicted to the presence of God. And he says, I am so thirsty for you. Even my flesh longs for you in such a dry and thirsty land. Psalm 42 verses 1 and 2 describes the soul of one who truly thirsts for the living God. He says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? What a hunger. What a thirst. Let us stop for a moment, if you would, and ask ourselves just this question. Are we there? Is there a hunger in our soul for God, for His presence, for His glory? Is there a thirst in our soul to see the salvation of the sinners returning to God? Have we reached a place in our walk with God where we are willing to do whatever it takes to experience such kind of thirst for the living God? Because it's going to cost us. There is a sacrifice involved. It's going to cost us to give up and lay down those things that quench our thirst and our hunger for the things of God. The substitutes. And the Holy Spirit, I believe, can take us to that place where we become hungry and thirsty and desperate for the presence of God. One step at a time, the Spirit can take us there only if we would obey and yield to his leading. Now let me take you to Isaiah now and show you how to seek God. I say that because God invites us to seek him and seek him with all of our hearts. And then he promises that if we do that, he says, we will find him. Look what he said in Jeremiah. This is a promise from God. Jeremiah 29, verse 12 through to 14. This is God speaking through Jeremiah. And then he says to his people, and I believe he is saying the same thing to you and I today. 
then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. Whatever takes us captive, the Lord will deliver us when we truly seek him the way he wants us to seek him. He says, with all of your heart. Isaiah wrote in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 9, Isaiah 26 and verse 9. He said, with my soul, please pay attention what he says by the Spirit. With my soul, I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my Spirit within me, I will seek you early. Please notice that Isaiah says that it is by our spirit within us that we seek God. Not with our soul, not with our intellect or understanding, but with our spirit that is within us, we seek the Lord. And today many are seeking God by other means, and religion is a primary one. Others are seeking God by their works, and still others by the intellectual capacities or capabilities. And listen, if you want to find the presence of God, listen carefully to what I'm about to say in the next few minutes. We will never find God through those avenues because God is not in any of them. God has ordained that we should seek him by the spirit of his son he placed within us when we got born again. That's why the spirit within Christ, Abba, Father. There is a cry from the deepest part of us, the spirit is our deepest part. It is the core of us crying out, Abba, Father. It is with that spirit that we seek God. If we do so, we will find him. Why? Because God is a spirit. And Jesus said in John chapter 4, they that worship him must worship him. How? In spirit and in truth. Our soul may desire the Lord, but it is with it is with our spirit within us that we seek him. It is with our spirit within us that we fellowship with him, spirit to spirit. With our spirit we worship, we communicate with God, and we serve him by the spirit and through the spirit. Listen to what Paul said. This is profound. Paul said in Romans chapter 1 and verse 9, For God, he said, is my witness, whom I serve, how? With my spirit 
in the gospel of his son. Paul served God, he said, with his spirit. Amen. And according to him, as he wrote to the church in Philippi, he said in, in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 3, he said, we are the circumcision who worship God. How? In the spirit. We serve God. We worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. As you can see, God ordained that this is the way we should seek him. The Spirit of God within us. Praise God for the Holy Spirit. He helps us in our weaknesses. He helps us with our prayer life. He guides us what to pray for as we ought. He helps us in our ignorance and in every other sphere of our lives. Let's just depend on him. Call upon him. You know, I get up in the morning. And I get up sometimes 2.30, most times 2.30 in the morning. And you know, I'm sitting there and my flesh really doesn't want to pray. I feel just as dead as anything. And then as I sit there, I turn my eyes to God, the Holy Spirit within me. And I say, Spirit of the living God, you live within me. And because you live within me, you will give me the unction and I depend and I call upon you right now. I depend upon you to ignite within me the passion, the fire, the words that I may speak and pray as I ought to pray. And you know, before long, I open my mouth and I may say a few words in the flesh, but then right then I enter into the realm of the spirit and I begin to pray in the spirit and worship God in the spirit. And here a few moments, I was just so lethargic. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. He inspires us. He, he, he propels us. The word of God says, if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he shall quicken your mortal bodies by the same spirit that is in you. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead indwells each and every single one of us, my brother, my sister. And it's time we realize that and we give him the proper honor and recognition and acknowledgement and begin to depend more and more every single day of our lives. Let me show you an important truth from the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through to 12. This is such a, a powerful verse of scripture. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? That we might know 
that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. As you see here, Scripture says that the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, searches all things, even the deep things of God. He knows the heart of God. He knows the mind of God. He knows the plans and the purposes of God for your life, for my life. Now notice, God's Spirit within us, within our spirits, because he knows God and the things of God, imparts that knowledge to our spirits. And then our spirits in turn communicate that knowledge to our mind. And that's what we call revelation knowledge. And we begin to understand the nature of God, the goodness of God, the character of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the judgments of God, the righteousness of God, the holiness of God. We begin to understand His way of thinking and doing. And that's how we grow in intimacy with the Lord. And the more you know the Holy Spirit, the more intimate you are with Him, the more you will know God, the more you will know Jesus and the, the, the nature of the Lord Jesus and the love of God. Listen, without this knowledge that comes from the Spirit, we are totally blind and ignorant. But with that knowledge, we become unlimited. We become superhumans. God gave us his spirit. Why? So that we may seek him, get to know him better, as well as know the things which have been freely given to us by him. And that includes his plans and purposes for your life. You want to know what God called you to do? You want to know what assignments he has given you? You want to know what good works he has prepared beforehand for you so that you may walk in them? The only way you're going to know is by the revelation of the Spirit. But if we keep grieving and dishonoring the Spirit, if we do not give him adequate time and wait upon him, you will never know why you are on this earth. The Holy Spirit will take us I believe where our soul desires to go and that is much deeper in his presence and further in the Lord than we have ever been before. I want to encourage you this coming week. Take time to wait on God. Pray in the spirit, allowing him to minister to you and take you further in the knowledge of God. Let him increase the knowledge that you have because there's coming a day and now is where you're going to need that knowledge to sustain you. One of the primary ways, and I'm going to become very vulnerable to you and, and share with you so I can, I can help you by showing you how I seek God. One of the primary ways I seek God in prayer is by praying in the Spirit. In other words, praying in other tongues because my spirit 
knows exactly what to pray for as I ought. I don't depend much on my understanding unless I have prayed first in the Spirit. And Paul always puts praying in the Spirit first, and then he says, I pray with my understanding also. Look at these verses of Scripture. Romans 8, 26, 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Sometimes all you can do as you, as you sit before God, you, you just groan because you have no words. That's why God gave us a heavenly language. Because with our natural language, we cannot grasp the things that God wants us to pray. And then he goes on to say, Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What a powerful verse of Scripture. We have a helper, folks. We have a helper, and he gives us the utterance to pray. And when we pray in the Spirit, man, that kind of prayer is, is, is not defiled by our flesh or by our understanding or by our selfish motives. It is pure. It is the language that God has given you to seek Him, to pray, and to worship Him. And Paul explains that again in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 13 and 14. Look at this, this, this words here. Therefore, he says, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, notice what he says, my spirit prays. Not my understanding, my spirit prays. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, being led by the Holy Spirit. But my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. Notice that he puts praying in the Spirit first. One of the failures of the church is that we have depended on one kind of prayer only, and that is prayer with our understanding. Then he goes on to say, I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Paul put praying in the Spirit first, for he says, if I pray in a tongue, what am I doing? My Spirit prays. The Amplified says, my Spirit being led by the Holy Spirit prays. But my understanding is unfruitful. Then he goes on to say, I will also pray with my understanding. And he explains how he does it. And he went on to explain this whole exercise in prayer by saying, in 1 Corinthians again, chapter 14, verse 18 and 19, we read the following. Listen to what Paul says. I thank my God I speak with tongues or pray with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church I would rather speak five words 
with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Here is a question. If Paul spoke in tongues more than all of them, yet in the public assembly in the church, he said he would rather speak five words with his understanding in order to edify the church. Where was he speaking on praying in other tongues more than them all? There's only one logical explanation. Obviously, he was praying in other tongues in his private communion and fellowship with the Lord in prayer. One of my mentors who mentored me through his teaching for years, I heard him say that he owed his success in ministry by praying in other tongues and interpreting by the Spirit his prayers. That was very profound to me. This is how I pray and seek the Lord many times, every day. I pray first in the Spirit, then after a while and sometimes a long while, I ask and I receive by faith revelation and understanding of what I was praying about. And man, it blows my mind because my natural mind never thought of that. I believe that praying in other tongues is the gateway into the realm of the spirit as well as the gateway into the rest of the gifts of the spirit. When the Lord, the word of the Lord came to me this morning and he said, son, I desire to take you deeper and further than you've ever been so that you can become impregnable, unconquerable and irresistible. When he finished speaking to me, my eyes were opened and I, I had a vision and I saw a huge crowd of people by the seashore. And as we were all standing by the seashore, I saw the Jesus in the I saw the Lord Jesus in the middle of the ocean calling us to go deeper with him and further with him because he was going into the deep. Some of us followed and others were playing games by the seashore. They were so distracted by so many things they didn't take notice of the Lord calling. And I knew in my spirit that there was a tsunami coming any minute that tsunami was going to break forth and those that were so distracted so unaware of what was going to happen they were going to be washed away but some of us followed him deeper and deeper as he walked into the deep into the ocean's deep there he said is the safest place to be And I believe praying in the spirit opens up your spirit, brings an awakening to your spirit as you begin to see in the spirit and you begin to hear things in the spirit that your natural senses cannot pick up because they are in the spirit. You got to, you got to, you got to get out there in the spirit for you to see and for you to hear. And Paul again, addressing the church in Corinth, he said, I wish you all spoke with tongues. That was his wish. 
Now, let me explain here as we conclude. When we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, God gives us within the gift of the Spirit our own private spiritual language by which we can express ourselves on His level, worship Him in the Spirit, pray the very perfect will of God in every situation we face. And look, to do this, it takes faith. It doesn't come naturally. Now I've become better at it because I've been doing it for years. But for you, if you start, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult in the beginning. It's going to require faith to do it. Many, though, because of wrong teaching, not understanding this truth, are not exercising this wonderful gift. And as a result, they miss out. In the book of Jude, the shortest book in the Bible, verse 20, Jude says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. How do you build your faith up? By praying in the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, listen to what Paul says. He instructs the church to pray in the Spirit. Notice what he says. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. How? In the Spirit. Watching, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Let me ask you a question. You don't, how, how do you know all the saints? You don't know all the saints. The only way you can pray for all the saints is by praying in the Spirit. You don't know them, but the Spirit does. Amen? So when we pray in the Spirit, we are being led by the Spirit to even pray for people that we do not even know. And when we do, God will intervene in their situation. And let me say this, you may never know whom you prayed for, but someday in heaven, someone may approach you and say, thank you for praying for me in my most critical and vulnerable time. And you didn't even know you prayed for that person. Why? Because you prayed in the Spirit. Lastly, as I conclude, study for yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Go through the whole chapter. And as you do, ask the Holy Spirit to help you, to give you revelation, to give you understanding what the Spirit is teaching us here in that chapter through the writings of Paul. Don't miss out. If you want to go further into the knowledge of God, you're going to have to get into the realm of the Spirit. And praying in the Spirit is the gateway into the rest of the gifts of the Spirit. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.